Let's unite against Gen X like God intended. Welcome to Spinsters, the show where we have bodyguards, but we're not going to use them because we can fight our own fights. I'm Haley O'Shaughnessy. I'm a recovering basketball writer. I'm Jordan Liggins, and I'm an editor at Mojo. Is it a bigger flex to have a bodyguard and use him in a basketball game or to just say you're going to fight against P.J. Tucker yourself? And of course, we're talking about P.J. Tucker, KD, game three, um, getting in an altercation and the person that KD pays, his bodyguard, breaking it up himself and not being allowed to come to the games anymore. Hey, he was doing his job. He just came in a little hot, like very hot. I thought he got pushed from behind of how (laughs) much force he came into the situation with. To be fair, if you are literally doing your job, Katie's got to be happy with that. I say give him a raise. That's what I say. He, but your whole point of being a security guard is to de-escalate a situation, and he definitely made it worse <laughs> by coming into the situation and pushing PJ Tucker. I think it's your job to de-escalate a situation if you're a security guard for a building or mm. an entity. But if you're for a one single person, I think your job is to protect them, which might mean escalating in some other way. Um, and to make them look cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's That's so the crazy only reason think- I would get a bodyguard. I know. And you think of these NBA players who are massive human beings, but they still need someone even more massive to protect them. I mean, Katie isn't. He's very skinny. Someone could break him. But it's just a funny thought. It is. It is. I wonder who the um, biggest... NBA player to ever get a bodyguard is. I mean, you just can't be on alert at all times. But right. what I what it made me think of was uh, this story from the 70s that I tweeted about um, this Philly game. And there was this player, John Trapp. He had some letter for a middle initial that I forget, but I think it was like Johnny E. Trapp or something. It's something that sounds, sounds like it's from the 70s. <laughs> and when Roy Rubin, who was the worst coach in the history of the NBA, and I'm not um, I'm not being hyperbolic about that. He is literally statistically the worst coach in the history of the NBA. Tough. When he coached the Sixers, there's a whole backstory about Roy. We don't have to get into it, but essentially like he got his job because he responded to a newspaper ad that the Sixers <laughs> put out because the Sixers were so desperate for a coach. I'm not like I'm being serious. This is extremely going to be like the Pacers at the end of this year, but yeah, that's really how that happened. This is only the 70s, which feels like forever ago, but like that's so recent to have a newspaper ad. So Roy Rubin answers the newspaper ad. It goes terribly. And one of the worst parts of the season was this game when John H E whatever trap told his friend, bring a gun to the game. Oh yeah. Because anytime Roy wants to sub me out, I want you to like show him the gun. And so Roy was about to sub him out. And he turns around and John's friend, John HP's friend, literally flashes his gun and Roy doesn't sub him out. This is how you fix the bucks. (laughs) (laughs) 
You respond to the newspaper ad, you get your dream job, and then you're getting threatened for substitutions. Oh, my God. This is why Bud played played Giannis 38 minutes and Chris Middleton 41. That's exactly what Look what happened. They won. So (laughs) thank you, John Trapp, for setting that precedent. Thank you to the random friend in the Bucks. I probably shouldn't say that because the Bucks arena, I think they had a fire alarm after the game ended. Oh. So were those related? Ooh. Was it a fire alarm? <laughs> Am I stirring up really weird theories? <laughs> yes. Let's start that these rumors. Me in yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so how are you? I'm great. And you know why? Because we have merch. It's finally here. I can stop getting DMs, texts, messages, everything about how can they get their hands on a spinster hoodie. They are available. But we also have a giveaway. Do you want to share the the details of our, our giveaway? We're going to give away five Spencer's hoodies. We're going to do it on our Twitter account. So today we will tweet something out and you just have to retweet it. Follow at Spencer's BW and at Blue Wire Pods on Twitter. And the giveaway will be from Tuesday, June 15th to Friday, June 18th. And we're choosing a winner on Friday. And if you Venmo me on the side at Haley O something, you get an uh, extra you entry. Not, you will not have an extra entry, but I will appreciate it. So thank you um, in advance for that. And we will drop Jordan's in the show notes. Yes. Okay. Anyway, Jordan, <laughs> this is going so much better than I anticipated. I was, like I told you before we started the show, on a booze cruise this weekend with Love it. John Gonzalez, who is the only reason I was ever on a podcast because he always insisted I come on Heat Check. And uh, yeah, he was like, it's it's not as easy as it looks when you just sh- used to show up to ours hungover all the time. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> things are definitely different. I never do that anymore. So things are, are going great on this recording, I think, already. I want to talk <laughs> to you great. about Sixers Hawks because there's kind of a funny undercurrent to what is going on here. And what I don't think is very funny is that it seems, I think by this point, I know which way this series is going to go, which is something I definitively said about Bucks Nets. That's now Mm -hmm. not true, but mostly because of injuries. Um, What are you, what are your feelings about this before I share about Hawks Sixers? Well, I agree. And I think um, I do have to give credit to Doc and the Sixers for making a major adjustment and putting Ben Simmons on Trey Young. And I think it's like, hello, we all saw it, but he did it and it made a difference. And I think I read something the other day that I totally agree with, which is if Ben Simmons was guarding Trey Young every game, Sixers are up 3-0. I am the um, leader of the I Hate Danny Green Club, so I completely agree with that statement if you remove Danny Green from that situation they're up 3-0 and I hope that they continue that and Trey Young doesn't have this monstrous game but you never know yeah putting size on Trey Young like that's the most sensical thing to do obviously um even before the switch yeah it was like called for in game one as well but 
I do understand he's just such a magician, the way he moves, the way he seems to create, not space, but create length when he plays. Mm-hmm. Um, literally extending his body in some in some ways. I can see why people are like, maybe that's actually not the easiest solution, but it is. It has been. Mm-hmm. Um, Hawks are down 2-1. They haven't been able to make the same splash they did since game one. If someone other than Trey Young can figure out how to create their own shot, maybe they have a chance. Maybe. But yeah, now that Ben's <laughs> on him more, I think that their uh, their one hope is probably Bogdan Bogdanovich, which is funny because um, if you think about everything that happened to get him here, he's mm-hmm. let's see, was he a restricted free agent? Yeah, with the Kings last year, he had a sign and trade agreement with the Bucks, and it collapsed under very strange circumstances and so weird now he's with the hawks uh they signed him in november to a four-year contract worth 72 million and they were like hey he's gonna come here he's gonna um spread the floor he's gonna be great for trey he's going to be a veteran shooter and Mm -hmm. sure enough that's yeah been exactly what he is so if it all comes down to him that would actually be very funny but there are two of the top five under 25 players in this series. There's Trey Young. There's mm-hmm. Ben Simmons. We have Devin Booker in the West. We have Donovan Mitchell still in it in the West. Um, Luca and Tatum, Rip, no longer with us in the playoffs. Uh, the Gen Zers. Who, I know. It's you feel kind like from of that exciting. Group, who is like the most poster boy Gen Z of that group. I don't feel like any of them are. I would probably put Booker. I don't know. He just gives off that vibes. Like he's just a child to me. (laughs) (laughs) When I see him, it just seems like he's playing dress up in like an adult world. I'm like, okay. Have you ever seen the tweet that said, um, this is not what you meant, but have you ever seen the tweet that says Devin Booker looks like he's wearing someone else's face? (laughs) No, I have not seen it. But speaking of which, (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a good transition for that. Uh, Luca, I think, is too into work to be a Gen Mm. Zer. Not saying Gen Z's lazy. I just think they finally have established good boundaries that they want to have when they're in the workforce. Um, Tatum doesn't, he probably averages the least assists on that, on that uh, group of that group. I think so. Yeah. He he doesn't even average five. So not very workers party of him. I'd have to say he's not super Gen Z to me. He also is a kid. And I think we've all agreed. We're not having kids till we're 42. So (laughs) he violated that one. (laughs) Maybe Ben, he seems like he's like wants to live for himself. Donovan Mitchell's very online, but millennials are very online too. So I don't really know where the divide is on that. Should we talk about Suns Nuggets? Yeah. Speaking of uh, Devin Booker. Devin Booker and his fake face. Yes. (laughs) She said it. Um, The Suns swept. They looked amazing. They looked really good. I had so much fun watching them. They have not taken the foot off the gas pedal. They are proving, trying to prove everyone wrong. They are bulldozing everyone that is coming in their way. And, you know, if you're going to beat my Lakers, now I'm rooting for you to win it all because they actually have a chance to or at least get to the finals. 
Um, if especially if they keep playing how they're playing now, where everyone is getting involved. I think the Suns are the great example of bench helping, role players helping, everyone stepping up. It's not all on Booker, and that's why they're winning. Yeah, it's a super filled out roster. And I mean, it's not all on Booker. Like you could say the same thing about it's not all on Chris Paul and like the same mm-hmm. breath. They've they've been so wonderful together. Uh, it is, yeah, it's a very even roster, and I like that, or at least f- filled out. Uh, and when you look around the playoffs, even at the team that they just beat, I mean, it's not always a product of bad roster construction for a lot of these teams. And this is a bigger theme that will haunt this playoffs. It's just a matter of health. And mm-hmm. so it's nice to see someone as filled out as the Suns. I think that might be why we're all so... Uh, in love with them for there's a there are a multitude of reasons that they're easy to cheer for but just the fact that they aren't seeming to like struggle through this I think they're probably the only team I can think of that doesn't seem like they're struggling through the playoffs everyone else is going through something Mm -hmm. so yeah they've they've been great to watch did you see that um flagrant too Jokic that was wild it was the third quarter game four Jokic do you want to describe it Jokic is frustrated and he's trying Mm -hmm. to commit a frustration foul on Cameron Payne, but he does wind up and he's going for the ball though, but in between the ball and his arm was Cameron Payne's face and he swipes him across the nose and they ejected him with the flagrant two foul. And I just think that's absurd for the MVP of the league to get tossed out in an elimination game in the third quarter because he was, I, it was flagrant. I don't think it was a flagrant too. And my thing is the inconsistencies with this call. Like it doesn't, I feel like the Bucks nets game, they were basically tackling each other every second and there was no flagrant calls. And you have this where he was clearly going for the ball and they kick him out. I don't get it. Yeah. The windup was really bad. That's the part it that was, was bad because it was, there's like, <sighs> Okay, one of the worst fights in that happened when I was at, in high school. I was not part of it, but there was this woman who got in a fight with another woman and the thing that the principal really cared about the most was did you take your earring off before the fight or did your earring fall off? And she mm. didn't understand why this would have been so bad for her to answer honestly. And so she said, I took it off before. And so he said, okay, so it was premeditated. When you're winding up that much, you know how hard you want to strike down that ball. <laughs> you could have just picked it because it's not about the ball. <laughs> yeah, he it, it hit his nose. I couldn't like see because of the angle if it like full on hit or if it just grazed or whatever. But yes, he, I mean, look, you want to go out and say I had a bunch of passion for that game and I really cared about this series. At least he gets to do that. I kind of felt bad for him. Seems like I did. He's a bit on a bit of an island himself too. So, you know, whatever. You get the fourth quarter to um, decompress. I gotta say, like of all the people to mess with in the league, I just don't know if I'm gonna do it to the guy who grew up. And has all these stories with his brothers, like, throwing knives at his head for fun. I didn't make that up. Google it. That was a game that they've played before. It was like they'd tie him up and they'd throw knives around his head. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm not making that up. 
Yeah. Anyway, so Chris Paul. Um, <laughs> I'm really proud of Chris Paul. I am. Too. I'm really, really proud of him. There's a lot of things you were saying that they have a lot to prove. Mm-hmm. It's not just one area either. Remember, like the Lob City Clippers, what they had to prove was that they could make it to the conference finals. Some teams, you just have one thing to prove or you're rallying mm-hmm. all behind one guy like the LeBron Cavs. What they had to prove was that LeBron could win with them. You know, that's like some teams have one thing. The Suns have a lot of different things. Um, all the things. Monty, their coach, who I'm so happy for right now, he had a lot to prove that he could do it. I saw this tweet that was talking about how he had that ultimatum that the the Pelicans gave him. They said when he was their coach, make the playoffs or you're out. And he made hmm. the playoffs and they're still he they still fired him. Chris Paul's another one. Chris Paul like going through and being proving that he's enough, not even just to carry, but to be part of a team. The older you get, it's not even can you win a playoffs? It's can you be a part of a team that'll win a playoff playoffs. It's like the older these players get, the more we treat them like they're Mm-hmm. But like a, the stain of an entire team. I mean, I'm definitely guilty of it with Carmelo Carmel Anthony, but I think that's a little <laughs> bit more legitimate because he is, he has been known to like really isolate himself and, yeah. and complain about minutes and taking a stepped back role, which is not even what they need of Chris Paul. I pulled up his numbers just because I wanted to applaud them from that sweep against the Nuggets. Oh, he let's do it. he was. This is insane. He averaged 61.8% shooting overall, 58% from three, 100% from the line. He had 41 assists and he had five turnovers. That's And before the, the show, five well, I was turnovers. I know. I was trying to look up um, how many turnovers uh, Steph had in the play-in. But then I was like, you know what? Don't start. You don't need to pit yeah, men against yeah. other men, Haley. <laughs> Come on. Reverse sexism. Anyway, if someone else wants to look that up, am I conflating the two? No. Are you? Yes. <laughs> Please do it at my expense. <laughs> we start a fight. It's a Monday. I'm bored. Um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really, really happy for for Chris Ball. And I'm happy too. for Devin Booker. Um, because let's see, what did our producer Harry, and I'm making you keep this in here by name. He said, Devin Booker just posted on Instagram about a one-year anniversary with Kendall Jenner. That's, Exciting. hey, you know. I can't believe it's been a year. And it was a whole quarantine relationship. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I hate talking about, I honestly, I hate talking about the genders or the genders. I love talking about the genders. I hate talking about the the Jenners or the Kardashians in mm-hmm. any area where men are around because do I like them? No. Do I have to go into this mode where I'm like, it, this is the thing is that I think that they're harmful and other and men project that they are very bad, but for different reasons. And so first it's like, I have to defend the fact that no, just because they're women, it doesn't matter. You know, they can sleep with people. That's their choice, et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't matter if you participated ever in sex work, which is like now how their people are framing like Kim getting famous is because she just sold a sex tape, which I don't even think is what happened. We don't know what happened. It's a long backstory, but I hate going into the whole thing of like, no, that they're fine. Like you can't, you know, just because they're women, it doesn't matter if they're sleeping with a bunch of people, whatever. And then I'm like, okay, now that I've defended their livelihoods, <laughs> let me cuss them the fuck out. I don't like them. Like, 
<laughs> there are culture vultures. So they I hate really ever are. talking about the Kardashians and the Jenners because you have to do backup work. Disclaimers like, no, I I don't like them, but not for the same reason you do. That's always yeah. the conversation anytime it has to do. And so that's usually whenever her relationship is brought up because it is with basketball players. So this comes up actually more in my life than you would think. <laughs> well, I, I applaud you for doing the backup work because I don't. I skip straight to the um, cussing them out part. So I, I applaud you for that. You're, you're doing the work for all of us, the work for the people. Um, but I will not participate in that work. I'm happy for their <laughs> love. I'm happy for their one year anniversary. That's a big accomplishment. Um, do I think it's going to last another year over under? I'm going to go with under just because. All right. And yeah, we're just going to go there. But I, I think going back to the <laughs> top five under 25, She's got two out of the five, which is, I mean, she's the real winner here. She's got two out of the five. So who's next? That's that's bad. But hey. No, it's not bad as long as we are applauding it. And I am applauding it. I, for one, am applauding it. Yeah. Yeah. That's top and tier. That's, and that's the difference. That's the difference is that you're saying that with uh neutralize admiration on your face instead of contempt that's the difference <laughs> but yeah uh spencer's podcast not a big fan of the jenners all right yeah <laughs> we have to establish lines at some point we're like what at a some point in, we have to at some point people are going to keep asking and we have to be honest and i'm glad that we could do that today Nets Bucks. Man, was I fucking wrong. Although I never <coughs> anticipated what well, it was like a show ago, two shows ago, and it's all made the difference in the world. I was like, no, there's like no way. I know. I think, did we say it was going to be a sweep? sweep. Yeah, yeah. I was like, let's stop talking about it. I honestly was thinking about like joking with you and like sending you like a book club thing to do, but just during Nets game. So it'd be like short stories. Um, <laughs> Like during the <laughs> to pass the time. <laughs> yeah, because that's what I thought this was going to be. Um, it's not. The series is two and two. Kyrie Irving twisted. We don't know whatever he Ooh, did to his ankle, but looks it looked so bad. bad. Looks I saw really bad. on Twitter that tests came back negative. Now, do I know what tests? No. Do I feel like that's a good sign? No. I mean, what it's Kyrie mean? Irving. Like this has happened before. Yeah, tests came back negative. I don't know. For something more serious. Oh, broken. Maybe, maybe that yeah, he didn't broken. break it. Like X, but his like, ankle touched the floor. Like it bent ninety degrees. That's disgusting. But I, that's, <coughs> you know, I confided in you before this that I was hungover, and then you're giving me that imagery. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not doing great I, things together. This mix is not great together. Ooh, I'm sorry. It was it was rough. And they played it probably 50 times in a row with the close up of his face in pain. And I was like, OK, I don't I don't think we still need this. But it was such a turning point in the series, because to me, Kevin Durant did not want to be this person. 
He did not want to be the only person when it came down to it, going to the finals, having the team on his back. That's why he had James Harden. That's why he had Kyrie Irving. So now he's like, God damn it. I have to be the guy. And Steve Nash is like, damn it. I actually have to coach. And that's not what the Nets, (laughs) that was not their plan at all. So it's going to be very interesting to see what adjustments they make. Who else is going to step up? Um, do they call Spencer Dinwiddie? What is he doing? Do they bring him out of the ashes? <laughs> Who knows? But they got to get creative. <laughs> Steve Nash is like, dude, I was just sitting in a Manhattan Beach bar wearing you flip-flops, watching fucking <laughs> hockey, calling into Premier League games on the weekends. And now you're making me like figure out PJ Tucker. Yeah, no, it's it, you're right. This isn't, this doesn't seem like the situation that Durant has. It seems like he's actively tried to get himself out of this situation of if things being all on his shoulders, which I don't think mm-hmm. is a diss to him at all. And I know you weren't saying it that way. It's no, kind of like it, it's odd to choose that path to be like very honest with you. That's a very like aggro thing. Like the uh, I'm going to do it my own way by myself. And it's, it's like impossible in today's NBA. Like it it's really impossible. is. Yeah. And it's not, so it's not a knock on him, but has he very strategically figured out ways to avoid that? Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. he, his last two teams. Um, and I feel for him right now because things went from being extremely, incredibly overmatched. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the Bucks. you look at someone like Giannis, what they've managed to build around him, what they've managed to turn that team into, and that game one happens. And Harden's not even a part of it for very long, and you see how overmatched they are instantly. Yeah. I mean, the Bucks all year, I was like, this team's great, this team's great, this team's great, this team's wonderful. Like, they're they're really good. And then not, nothing really changed for me. And you just line them up to the nets, and how are you supposed to compete with that? But, I mean, you don't unless two of them get hurt. And I don't don't know anything about James Harden. I was looking it up before the show. Nothing's come out still. I don't know what his situation is. Progressing. That's what Steve Nash said. He's progressing. But I think... Right? (laughs) Except Kendall Jenner. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was code for, we're going to see if we actually need him and then we will play him. Because that's that's what we talked about last time. We were like, ah, leave him on the bench. They don't need him. But now Kyrie goes down. I think he's progressing a little faster now. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, I don't think that there would be anything more mortifying in the world to to Kevin Durant or to James Harden. I don't think to Kyrie Irving. I feel like he's in a, a good place mentally. And I, <laughs> I like that. Um, anything more mortifying than like, assembling this team being a part of this team's assembly and then not making it even to the finals. Yeah. Mortifying. So I'm sure that they're going to pull out. I don't think they're going to take any of this um, lightly at no. all. They're, they can't. This series is, is interesting for a lot of reasons that we like to push back on. Like there's, it's been, I think positioned. It's not that it's been positioned actually as a sliding doors moment. It's just that it is like, we mm-hmm. take these big deals, these big series, and their outcomes as so definitive, even when it's just 
a one-in-one situation, the narratives for everything will change. Like, um, like I was just saying with Chris Paul in, in the other conference, like he has to do this to prove that he can be part of a winning championship team. And that's been, you know, like a, a longer standing thing for him, but mm-hmm. can Giannis carry a team? Is it yeah. fair to ask that already? I don't know. Is it fair to ask that with this team around him? Is it fair to ask that of him? We were just saying with KD, it's it's stupid to do that in today's NBA. You don't have to. Um, yeah. Can he carry a team? Are we quantifying Chris as like not as being um, not high level enough that Giannis is in fact the one who has to carry? Um, does chemistry matter? You know, mm-hmm. like can you just assemble a team off the bat? Or is it going to turn out like the Clippers did two years ago? Is it going to, do you need a buffer year? Is that the precedent like the Heat did? Like maybe the Clippers will say did if they um, end up advancing out of this round. There's a lot, there's a lot to, um, that will potentially be taken away from this as fact. Definitely. And I hate that. I hate that about it. What, what kind of um, like things do you think will incorrectly be taken from this? No, I think all, all of that is is completely correct. And it's specifically for Chris Middleton because I was I put him down, then I was riding the wave, and now I'm putting him down again. And it's it's that inconsistency that really hurts the Bucks. And even Drew Holiday, like he got into some foul trouble. And was he really that person that Giannis needed him to be? And I think that's what we're all going to have to talk about. If this series, if yet again, the Bucks can't prove that they can make it to the finals or make that leap. I think those are all things that are going to be facts. And we have the receipts to prove all of these statements. Yeah, it's just hard, too, because then how long do you give a team? Like, yeah. how long do you give a team to grow? How long How long before the, I guess, the national eyes are on you mm-hmm. to say, OK, you're wasting Giannis's time? Um I don't know. It's it's tough. And when you have someone like Giannis, there's obviously so much more pressure to get this thing assembled fast. Mm-hmm. Or what? Or he's going to leave, or you wasted his youth, or you know, you're oh, you're Milwaukee. This is never gonna happen for you again. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure on the Bucks right now. There's definitely like that small them. market team will never be anything narrative that will definitely uh, spring forward after this if if they don't make it. Well, which is so funny because look at the playoffs. You know, look at the Western Conference. It's it's hilarious how both of those exist at the same time in people's yeah. minds. Small market teams will never be successful in the NBA because the, uh, the, the player empowerment era has ruined everything. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem with small market teams. And it's in no way related to the fact that the cap is even for all or we have a cap. It's it's ridiculous. There's that argument that small market teams will never be important as if we're not going to like the Raptors just happened. But <laughs> there's that argument. And then the same exact people are making the argument like, well, I'm not going to want to watch this finals. Like, oh, the Suns are advancing. Count me out. I don't want to watch the Nuggets. I don't want to watch the Nets. It's insane. These like things are contradicting so much. Mm -hmm. One party is saying the same thing. Basketball is not going to be good this playoffs because there's too many teams who don't have huge national followings and players are ruining the league because they're going only to teams 
that have huge followings and they're making the disparities so bad. Yeah, those can't exist at the same time. The NBA, full of contradictions. <laughs> Tall people need bodyguards. Full of contradictions. <laughs> um, I, I can't stop watching those Giannis free throw videos, though. It's so bad. How many 10-second violations has he had? How many should he have had, I guess, is the question. Oh, he should have one almost every time. I think that's what makes it so funny. It's like they call it whenever they want. When it's like, okay, this is actually going on too long. We'll call it. But I think he's officially had two and an air ball. Um, well, let's not bring up the air ball, poor guy. Mm, uh, do you okay. want to... Do you want to play that game we were talking about before? Yeah. Yeah. Let's okay. We're going to so, see how many. Well, we just want to like really think about how long 10 seconds is because that's a lot of time to prepare in my eyes. I think it's a long time. I, it is. But it's now, also. Yeah, we'll see. Mm. We could play two games. Here's the option. Number one, we could call people who you have fallen out with in your phone and we could have you say something that's very uncomfortable and vulnerable. And then we'll time the 10 seconds of silence. You can't say anything. You have to wait for them to say something. And we'll feel the weight of it that way. Or no. <laughs> I do not want to play that game. You don't want to play that game? <laughs> no, that sounds like hell. Oh, my God. Oh, your ex-ex-ex boyfriend will be so disappointed. Um, or we can... Yikes. Let's do like something Bucks themed. Okay. All right. Do you have a timer? Oh, yeah. I got a timer. Here. Am I going first? Oh, no. Yes. Am I going to time myself? I don't know. If, do I No, I'll time you. I've got you. Okay. I've got you. Okay. Ready? In 10 seconds, name as many types of cheese as you can go. Oh, God. Um, feta. Gouda. Sharp. Cheddar, <laughs> uh, provolone, Swiss. You're done. You're done. You got I'm four. Done? Four. Yeah. The, the first one you said was feta. Yeah, I just put it in my salad. I just made a salad. Well, how does it feel to be so wealthy? <laughs> I love it. It's a great. Can you imagine feeling? your default cheese being feta. <laughs> oh my god! It's actually smoked gouda. That's what I get for my sandwiches. Um, I'm bougie with my cheeses, but I was not expecting that. I'm also sweating profusely, so that's fine. 10 seconds, not a lot of time. I thought I could get a lot more in. Okay, I have yours. Are right. you ready? Yeah, I'm gonna time myself. Okay, I got it too, let's back up. In 10 seconds, mm -hmm. name as many Midwestern cities as you can. Go. Like major cities? Oh God. <laughs> no, don't do this to me. <laughs> Time. Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> I love when we just talked about small markets. <laughs> I'm like Minneapolis. This is what happens to me whenever someone puts me on the spot with a game like that, which is why I would be really bad at Jeopardy in addition to not knowing a lot of things, is that <laughs> I, I don't, it's not just like I freeze. It's like I disassociate from reality. Like I can't remember. <laughs> the other day, my fucking pharmacist was like, what's your birthday? And I could not I couldn't remember. I was like, why are you putting me on the spot? Eventually I did, but <laughs> I love I that just for go you. to another. Ask me. Let me let me try again. Let me do another one. Ask me another one. I'm okay. going to stay right here with you in this reality. Oh, oh, OK. I got one. I got one. 
10 seconds. Try to name as many types of cheap beer. Go. Okay. Bud, Bush, um, Natty. Budweiser. Got the light and the wiser. All right. That's better. I got four. Great job. Great job. Oh, I almost, this is what stopped me up on that one. I couldn't remember if a beer I was going to say was expensive or not expensive. I think mm. it's borderline and I couldn't risk my image as a woman of the people. Yeah. By thinking that, you know, I couldn't have my like George my George Bush moment of like how much does bread cost and not knowing and like, but I do it with beer and I say like a Modelo is cheap. It's not, that's not the one I was thinking of. I'm just saying I couldn't have it. I'd rather look like I don't, I only know three things. I know three cheap beers than to like risk my identity like that. It's okay. Um, You did great. Thank you. Do you want to talk about jazz clippers? We've talked about this before. I can't find a reason to care about this series, which is bad. (laughs) As a local alumni. Well, I think it's fair to say we're rooting for Donovan Mitchell and we are not rooting for the Clippers. But either way, it's not as exciting. I think there's more storylines. There's more things going on in the other series. And this isn't, um, it's not fun for us. (laughs) So that's all we have to say about that. (laughs) Um. Yeah, when we were talking about this, uh, the Kawhi thing came up. Of is, is maybe the most interesting thing to come out of this is if the Clippers lose, is he going to leave? Um, which I think is is honestly really just overthinking it. Mm-hmm. All this man wants. What does this? What does he want in life? He wants to be Jordan. happy. He wants, he wants to, to be, be happy. happy. And what does he do that makes him happy that we see? What does it seem like he likes to do? This is not like I'm, it's almost rhetorical. Be home, right? Be home with his family. Yeah, be home, not have to do much, you know? Not be out. He's already in driving distance from all the commercials that he's doing. He doesn't have to do anything extra. He's home. Like, like Southern California is home. So I just, I don't, plus it's not like it's a bad situation, yeah, I don't think. I mean, maybe I shouldn't actually assume that's wrong. Who knows? I don't know if they actually all like each other. I don't know if he's having fun. Um, he is, you know, the fun guy. He wants to have fun. But I think that Kawhi is a picture perfect millennial in the sense that he might job hop. Like, he might be hopping around, and that's kind of okay. I think he's always going to be home. We know, we talked about before, that he still lives in San Diego, and he flies into L.A. whenever he's needed. They call, like, the bat signal or whatever, and Kawhi just flies there. Oh, yeah, that was on last year's report. Yeah. Jordan, that is one of the first things you and I ever talked about on a podcast together, and I'm going to tell a fun story. This was a fake. I was like, Jordan, I just got hired to start this podcast. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Will you like do a fake recording with me, like just for practice? And she was like, yes, sure. And we talked about this, about how Kwai flew in. This is like last, Mm -hmm. this was in January or something, maybe? Maybe December. December. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, I just had flashbacks. Here we are. Here we are again. Nugget of information. (laughs) I'm <laughs> talking about Kawhi and how he's probably going to leave. No, I think he's going to stay. I think it's ridiculous that anyone thinks he's going to leave. He's already at home. 
He is already home, but I I think he's going to leave. I think he's going to be like, you know what? Two years here, two years there. Uh, let's see what else is out there for me. I don't think I he's guess. really like tied down to any organization or anyone, especially not Paul George. Do not do not sink on that. No, definitely ship. no organization and, and not tied to anyone. I agree with those. But in that way, I'm almost like taking it as the inverse is mm. OK. And he also wasn't tied, I don't think, to the expectations of, OK, I'm going to like make sure that I am putting myself in the absolute best chance to win. He's already won twice. Yeah. I just you don't, I don't think he wants to win again. Like he's just I'm content. sure he does, but at what cost? That's fair. If he's like, well, I have a pretty good chance here, and you know, not like he's gonna move to Brooklyn. <laughs> he will not. That's too busy. I feel like that's that's a lot going on there for him. Uh, yeah. I wish we could call Kawhi right now and just be like, hey, what are your thoughts and feelings? Just open up. That will never happen. But we could dream. I don't. Yeah. I don't feel like he opens up to anyone. <laughs> and if they if he does, it's probably because we don't know who they are. Maybe like I'm sure his wife. Yeah. I'm sure his wife. Maybe his kid. That's that's good. Honestly, that's the way to do it. Um, That's how we feel about that series. <laughs> the, that's how we feel. about. It. I'm just like, look, that's. <laughs> I hope he stays. I don't know, guys. Um, go Donovan. I just don't want to fucking talk about Rudy Gobert anymore. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. That's the thing. I don't want to talk about Rudy Gobert anymore. I kind of don't want to watch him play anymore. But anyway, go Jazz. Um, <laughs> the only other thing I wanted to see if you want to talk about today was the multiple coaching searches that are going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Blazers. The Blazers are one. Um, I can't remember if this is reported or if this is outright, but Damian Lillard, I guess I'll just say reportedly, wants uh, Jason Kidd, which yeah, is he, just Yeah, he rich. came out and said that. And then Jason Kidd was like, I withdraw my name from Jason the Jason Kidd's like, I'm which, okay. You shouldn't even be in there in the first shouldn't place. Shouldn't be in there, dude. I just, like, this is the thing that that really trips me up about this. I have completely accepted that when someone who hits, who has hit their wife is involved in something in sports, that if they're good at their job or by the, you know, in pure win-loss uh terms are good at their job it does not matter any domestic violence shit that they have pulled any violence shit that they have pulled any shenanigans it does not matter because with jason kidd it goes a lot deeper than a history of domestic violence he's the one who had the water cup and that got that spilled he's like all kinds of things he's pulled Mm. locker room alienations a million things. I have completely accepted that it does not matter. None of that matters, especially the being uh, harmful to women part. If you're good at your job. Yes. Like we've ag- we've all agreed to those rules. Unfortunately, we're all playing yeah. by them. Jason Kidd isn't good at his fucking job. Why is he in these conversations? He's not even good at it. <laughs> so He's now terrible. you don't have to be good at it and you can be bad. <laughs> God. I'm so confused. I'm so confused at why. And so in my mind, I'm like, maybe, maybe what Damian Lillard is saying is that he wants his, he wants his Ty Lu. He wants someone who he's like, I really want to run things mm. my way. I want a lot more input. And so I need someone who's more of a, 
um, like a Steve Nash, Ty Lue, like a sounding board yeah. coach. Um, yep, yep. Look, guys, <laughs> there That's are still other options. Yeah. There's other there options. Are, yes, there are exactly. other options. I promise yeah. you but there I, are sounding boards who are, are who are not bad people. Yeah. And, you know, Becky Hammond's name is also getting thrown in the hat, as it should. Um, I don't know if I want her to go to Portland, though. She's also interviewing for the Magic job, and I feel like that would be a better fit for her because Portland, they have to win now. Like, I feel like the pressure is completely on, and I kind of don't want that for her because it's already breaking the glass ceiling and now she's going to be thrown in this ring of fire of like okay we gave you this opportunity let's see what you're gonna do and you have to make them go to the finals like tomorrow and if you don't then you're out and it's not fair for anyone but I specifically do not want that for her first head coaching job I want her to be able to have time to be able to craft this team and I think the magic would be best. Um, she is a great coach. She deserves everything. But I don't want it to be put on her just specifically as a woman to say, okay, if we gave you Portland, you got to win right now. No, I completely agree. Because look at history. The minute you're given a job like this as a, a marginalized gender, not even just gender, like as any kind of minority you're given a job like this, you mm-hmm. not only do you a not get to fail or you're never getting another chance. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden the shoulders of everyone who you hope will have this opportunity later on is also not given a chance. And yep, that's happened in, I mean, coaching is like one example, but if Becky Hammond fails, it's not just that she will never get, accept it back into a head coaching position. It'll be years and years and years and years and years until another woman is even looked at. Another woman's really not in these conversations. Like I've seen, uh, I've seen names thrown out as recommendations. Like, oh, it'd be cool if she did this, but I haven't seen them in actual reports. Um, And so that there's, there's so much unnecessary pressure that is not just going to be on her, but on, you know, she's carrying a lot. She's going to carry a lot. It's mm-hmm. the same as the um, the story of the first female ref in the NBA, which maybe is one that we'll, we'll tell sometime, but. Yeah. You it, can't it's just a, It's be, just a lot. Uh, like, it, it's, I can't wait for the day when I'm watching the NBA with my um, great, great, great grandniece. <laughs> <laughs> it's not <laughs> nice. Put this on me. Um, with my like my brother's daughter, son, or whatever. And there's a fucking shitty woman head coach. I can't wait. And she's yeah. just like overdue for being fired. That's yep. what I want. That she is allowed that's to so be good. really bad. Mm-hmm. You know, that's and that's something that I just it's of course, and you know what? That sucks that that's your first thought about Becky. Because I was like, wow, Portland, like. Sometimes it does just take a good coach. Look at what happened with the Knicks this year. Situations can change. It doesn't always have to be a superstar came into town. CJ mm-hmm. and Dame with a different coach, I would love to see it. I would love to see what someone else can do. Sometimes it really is that simple. And coaches can still have a major effect. Um, and she could be someone like that. We don't even know her potential. 
but mm-hmm. there's only good signs because of where she's been, because of what like the league's best coaches have said about her before. So I would love for her to get that opportunity, but I share your same, same fear, knowing same. what that means for her and for other opportunities. Should we tap out? Yeah. Can I go back to sleep? <laughs> um, yes, you can. And go back to sleep. Sweet dreams. Please keep leaving us your voicemails. Um, what should you get Kendall Jenner and Devin Booker for their one year anniversary? Please tell us at 502-874-4453 or send us an email at spinsters at bluewirepods.com to be featured on the show. Spinsters is hosted by me, Haley O'Shaughnessy, and Jordan Liggins. This episode was produced by Jordan, who prefers Coke, Isabel Jocelyn, Harry Krinsky, and Alex Ward. Our production coordinator is Devin Shepard, and our executive producers are Peter Moses, John Yales, and me. Hello, everyone. I love this adorable podcast. I'm Jordan's mommy, LaShawn, and I think you two ladies are just great. So I wanted to add that Brooklyn is playing awesome without Harden. I dislike Harden a lot. So have a great day. Thank you. Bye.